You are tuning into the True North Church Podcast. Our prayer is that you would be inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more information about True North Church, please visit us online at truenorthak.org. We have a guest with us. We had our men's conference. Had a great men's conference. Thanks to you. Thanks for those that were able to make it. I know a lot of people are hunting, guys from the field, all those that, that all that thing. We had great attendance, great, great message. And great messages, and we have a great speaker. He's a friend of mine. Um, I'm going to introduce him here in a second to speak. But I met uh, Shane Schleschelman uh, when we started our doctoral classes together. And uh, I loved his humility, his integrity. And uh, both of us in that process, three things, a couple things happened. We both took uh, uh, the next step in leadership. I took this church, and he, uh, followed, he uh, took the leader, senior pastor of a church. Uh, he followed a guy who'd been there for 40-plus years, a huge church in Richmond, Virginia. And uh, Shane's done a great job. And then we both graduated, so we're both doctors. So good job, Dr. Schlesselman. But uh, um, he's going to come speak. He, he spoke first service, did a great job. Would you give uh, our friend a, a Alaskan True North welcome to Dr. Schlesselman as he comes and preaches. Honored to have you with us. Love you, bud. Wow. Amen. So great to be here with you all. Uh, thank you for joining us online as well. We're so glad to be able to be here. I've been having a blast this whole weekend uh, with the men. How many people were here uh, this weekend with men's conference? Yeah, awesome. So great to see some men uh, just uh, praising God and, and uh, going all in. It was really, really fun. But I'm telling you, uh, Alaska is so beautiful. Sue and I have been driving around, uh, just taking pictures. I'm pretty sure I need a new data plan on her phone because there's like maybe 1,500 pictures and we're like only halfway through our trip. Uh, okay, just everywhere we look, it's just been beauty. Uh, thank you so much for having us. I gotta tell you, um, it, it's, it's not often you get to meet people who are as authentic and real as their message is. And uh, I don't know if you know this or not about your pastors, but uh, uh, Pastor Mark and Heidi are amazing, authentic, true people. We've been in their home, we know their, uh, gotten to know their children, and they just have poured into our lives. And I gotta tell you, I am so grateful to meet people who uh, their lives are even greater than when you see their lives on stage. Okay, their real life uh, is even, even greater. Uh, so uh, how many people are thankful for their pastor? Would you just thank them? I love you guys, and it's such an honor to be uh, in this place. Uh, I don't know about you, but when I hear a story uh, or an offer on television, I, I pretty much know by now in life, I know there's, uh, it's a little too good to be true, right? Uh, you know, you hear those stories. How many people have ever been offered a free vacation? Yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah. My, my wife and I, we're just married. My wife Sue is here. Uh, we've been married 33 years. Uh, I married my dream girl, okay? Guys, if you're wondering how that happens, be the last man standing. I wore her down. She friend-zoned me, like, immediately, man. Uh, and I, I was like, I just hang out while she dated all these other guys, and I just had to be like, oh, that's great. I'm so glad you had a good time. 
can you want to have lunch again tomorrow? I mean, just hang out, you know, just as friends do. And I just wore, I just wore her down, okay, over years. Uh, but, but I remember when we first married, we got that first phone call about, hey, would you like a free vacation? And, and we used to go to New York City for our anniversary. We got married at Christmas time. And uh, so we'd go to New York City. And, and I grew up in Philadelphia, and so that's where we lived uh, right after we got married in that area. And uh, we'd do it on the cheap. We'd drive up to New York City, okay, and we couldn't afford to park in the city, so we parked in Jersey and took the train in. How many people know how to do vacation on the cheap, all right? Okay, so we hung out in the city, and we'd stay there till almost all night, and it'd be like we're staying there, except we weren't paying for that room. Uh, Sue would just start sleep a little early on the car ride home, and then we'd uh, get home. But when we were offered our first free vacation in New York City, in a high-rise suite overlooking Manhattan, we were like, oh, God is finally blessing us. <laughs> until, until we were told that we just needed to hear a short presentation. Okay, that would, we would be so glad we heard it because after we hear it, our lives would be changed by the free vacation for life for the low, low price of $25,000. Yeah. But don't worry, you can just make payments forever and ever and ever, okay? And, and uh, so we were like, no, that's probably not for us. I don't think you understand. We probably shouldn't be here. We don't even make $25,000 a year, okay? We, we can't do this. And so that was not good enough, right? Hours later, after like five people insulting us, and we would we say we would never do that again because we learned early on that there's always a catch, right? It's too good to be true. I want to talk to you about that this morning about miracles. If you're just joining us in True North, I've been enjoying this series uh, that we've been in uh, about daring faith the keys to miracles. And I don't know about you in this life, I sure could use a miracle. How about you? Yeah, I, I could use one. But, you know, you read about these miracles in the Bible and stuff, and you're just like, seriously? Now, I know as a person who follows Jesus and who believes in the Bible, I, I can tell you, I believe them. I believe it. I believe it actually happened. Here's my struggle. What about now? I need a miracle. I mean, I need, uh, how about, we, we, we fed 150 men some chili, sorry ladies for how they sent you home, how they sent them home. Uh, okay, uh, but they brought that in. They, that wasn't a miracle. That was hard work and ingenuity and creativity. Okay, that didn't come from nothing. Uh, like uh, those of you who are in the location here, uh, right here last, last week, heard Pastor Rob talk about the feeding of the 5,000, right? That just came from this one little lunch that Jesus was multiplying. We hear about healings where Jesus just said, Let you, now you're no longer blind, now you see, you no longer are lame, now you walk, and you say, where is that miraculous 
because all I see is the mundane everyday life that just gets harder and harder and harder. So when I read this story, forgive me for being one of those Christians and asking this question, what's the catch? I want us to look at a story honestly and openly this morning and ask that question. It's found in Luke chapter five. Luke tells a story of how one day Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. People were crowding around him and listening to the word of God and he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats Uh, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out to deep water and let down the nets for a catch. (laughs) Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. Because you say so, I'll let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boats to come and help them and and came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For you and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. And so they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. So what's the catch I don't see that happening, do you? I don't know if I see the miraculous. I see a lot of mundane. What about you? Wouldn't you love to have God work miraculously in your life and change something today? Wouldn't you love to be able to pray with that kind of daring faith that said, God, I not just believe it, but I wanna see it? Wouldn't you love to see God work and move and change your family before your very eyes? Wouldn't you love to be changed internally yourself and not think the way you thought and not do what you did anymore and be able to have some freedom in your life? Wouldn't you love that? So what's the catch? I wanna look at three of them that I think if we openly and honestly walk through this story today that Jesus can change the way we see the miraculous. Here's the first catch. You gotta be willing. Like, duh. (laughs) I'm so glad I came to True North Church today. Wow, this is profound. I mean, golly day, Pastor Mark. Is there any other preacher you couldn't get any others? I, I could literally go up on stage and say, I think we should be willing. Do you think we should be willing? Yes, I think we should be willing. How about you? Yes, I agree too. Uh, but let me, let me ask you, is it really that simple? Is it really that simple? Jesus, in verse 
Verse three, he got one into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Now, remember, Peter's been fishing all night. Now, have you ever had a friend come and ask you to borrow your car? Or bar- borrow uh, your mountain bike or your, your fat tire? And you're just like, oh, I don't know, that's my baby. I don't know, that's, uh, I don't know what could happen. Um, or you just, especially, how about this? You just bought the car. And your friend's like, yeah, can I borrow it? And you're like, mm. I mean, how long do you need it? You know, you're like, okay, uh, you want to appear helpful right now, but what about this? What have you been up all night long, studying all night, working all night, okay, couldn't sleep all night, and you've been up all night? How agreeable are you in that situation? Peter's been working all night, and, and, and in fact, I love the way, anybody ever watch The Chosen? Anybody watch The Chosen? It's a great series. Now, it's not the Bible, okay? It's a depiction of what could be, but I love the choices that they make, and it's okay, because I read the Bible, and I know exactly uh, what the Bible says, but, but listen, it's a great way to picture and imagine what could happen, and they, they portrayed Peter in this desperate situation that could be losing everything all at once, and he's been up all night working, trying to save his business and his partners, and and Jesus shows up. And I love that Jesus involves Peter in the decision of the boat. Because first it says he got into one of the boats, which, you know, when you have that friend, just, hey, get into the car. You know, first you think they're just checking it out, but when they ask you for the keys, you're involved in the next thing that happens, okay? Okay, so he gets in the boat, and then he asks Peter. Peter, Simon was his name at the time. Can you push me out a little bit? Now, if you've been in that area ever, I've been to Lake Gennesaret, it's, it's amazing, but it's the lowest point, okay, in Galilee, and it's very low point. So most of the time, when you're walking down to it, you're walking down a slope, okay? So there's a lot of people sitting, and it creates a natural amphitheater kind of plane. You see why Jesus did a lot of teaching in, on these shores, okay? But as he was teaching, if you stand on the shore and, and talk, okay, uh, Jesus, by the way, was going to multiple services long before True North uh, started having to try to figure out this problem, okay? Because people started showing up when he was teaching, and he started showing up, and the more they showed up, and then he did it again. He's like, well, let's start to teach it again, Jesus, and, and then again, and again, and again, until the, the crowd just kept getting larger. The only difference is the first service didn't leave. They just kept staying, okay? They just stayed through and heard it again. And so he pushes them out, and the water actually acts as a natural amplifier. I don't know if you've ever heard some people fishing out on the lake, right, or out on the river, and you could be way far away, but you can hear their voices like you're sitting in the boat because the water works as an amplifier. So Jesus needed to be able to teach to more people and grow his ministry, but he needed Peter's willingness to make that happen. 
And suddenly, Simon watched his boat as he pushed it out and said, sure, Lord, we'll do that. And he pushed it out as Jesus commandeered his boat. And he watched his place of employment, his business, his livelihood, the place where his family needed him. He watched the place, his calling in life, really, his fishing business be put on the line and put on hold while Jesus was preaching. But let me tell you what Peter actually did and maybe didn't realize it, was he just made the place where he lives and the place where he works, the platform for Jesus to speak. I wonder how many of us could make, if we were willing, if we were truly willing to allow the place where we live to become the platform for Jesus to move, then maybe they would see the miraculous working. But we're like, hey, that's my job, that's my school. I go to church for God. I go and check that church out. Yeah, I mean, I've heard about uh, this great church, True North and Fairbanks, and they got this building going up, and I'll go check that out. I love my church friends, and I'm gonna go to work, and I'm gonna work really hard over here, and I'm gonna work really hard at school, and I'm really gonna work hard in the military, and I can't wait to get out of whatever this situation is that I'm in, and we miss the opportunity when Jesus might be asking, Asking you, hey, could you push it out a few feet from shore? If you would just be willing. I got to know Pastor Mark in seminary, and uh, we were in our doctoral co- cohort together. And uh, it's a small group of people that you get to know really well over like four years, okay? It's very intense. It's very difficult. You're all going to be walking something through that you've never walked through before. You're all going to be doing something that's way harder, and most people are not going to finish. So Pastor Mark and I uh, got to know each other, and I got to hear about how his love and his passion for Alaska Every single class, without fail, he'd say, hey, who's coming to Alaska with me? And we'd be like, what? (laughs) And and listen, I watched as other pastors from Springfield, the center of our movement, the Assemblies of God, would approach this man and say, hey, I've got a pastoring job for you. It'd be this really great church here, or this really great opportunity here in the lower 48. Why are you spending time in Alaska? Because I could see you pastoring a large church right down here in this town, or in this town, or in this town. I'm glad to see you're getting your doctorate because most people get their doctorate because they're ready to move on to something. And I remember one of the sessions where Pastor Mark came in and said, hey, I'm praying about this church in Fairbanks. There's like, uh, I don't know, a core group. It's a really small church and, uh, you know, but it, it's, it's a great church and I, I'm praying about taking it and we're like, well, how big is it? Is it a few hundred people, a few thousand? Uh, what are you talking here? And, and Mark's like, yeah, it's got like 80 like 80, no, just 80. <laughs> and uh, we're like, oh, okay. Yeah, brother, let's pray about that. I mean, let's pray about that. Is that what you want to do? Let me tell you, okay? Not only do you need to be willing, not only do you, you need to be willing, but that willingness needs to turn into worship. 
Because your willingness is one thing if you're ready to do something and say yes, but it comes another thing when you're ready to do something that doesn't make any sense at all, okay? And you put your life on the line and say, I'm gonna put my whole family, because we're all wondering practical questions like, Mark, what's Heidi saying about this? And what about your kids? You have little kids and stuff, and you have a, you're wanting to adopt, and you're wanting to do these other goals and all these things. You wanna reach all these kids all over Alaska and you have all this vision, and is, is Fairbanks, is that the, Mark was more concerned about his worship than just his willingness, and when his willingness became worship, he didn't just say yes, he said, yes, God, put me here, and for me to come and see what God is doing and how God is moving, because someone said, yes, Lord, send me. Yes, Lord, I'm willing. God, send me. I will go there. I've already had my life called to Alaska, but let me see what willingness turned into worship can look like in the miraculous. <laughs> so what's the catch? Hmm, sounds simple, doesn't it? Just be willing. But are we willing to let the place where we are right now? Yes. As a student, as an athlete, as a fisherman, as a military person, as a mom, as a dad, as a kid in a home that maybe you don't want to be in, are you willing, honestly, to let the place where you are right now become the platform for Jesus to speak to your friends? That's the catch. Yes. But there's a second catch. And no one's gonna like it because nobody likes this part. Because the second catch is you gotta be desperate. <laughs> hey, I was just at a men's conference yesterday. Man, we struggle with this, right? Okay, uh, we, we struggle with this one. Be desperate. When, when you ask a guy what happens after they get hurt, no matter, I don't care how bad the crash is, they have the same response over and over. And I know the response well because it just happened to me yesterday. Uh, hey, any, any men go to the men's conference? Uh, yeah. Okay, you heard me tell the story. Did you not hear me say, Pastor Mark should not take me down the jump trail? Because you heard that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Rob. Uh, <laughs> Rob was witnessed, and he participated. I'm just telling you. Uh, and and we, go, we got to the jump trail. And I said, I don't want to go on a jump trail because I'll do the, I'm just stupid enough to do the jumps. Now, I know you're just teaching me how to do this fat tire. And I know this bike that I'm riding right now is not even mine. And if the owner of the bike would just forgive me for this story for just one moment, because I gotta say, you have the most amazing bike, and I wanna also emphasize that it is indestructible. <laughs> just a word from our sponsor for a moment, okay? Sturly, Hurley, what? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's sturdy for sure, uh, sturdy. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, let's just say, that Pastor Mark was leading me as he was going down and I, he got a little bit further ahead of me and I came around one of these great bank corners that I love and I was like, whoa, this is awesome, I'm flying down and man, I caught some serious air after that next moment. 
and everything was going great until when I hit the ground and began to pedal, the chain had dropped and my body went to the frame and the tire went sideways and my knee hit the tire and I did my first ever end over. And Pastor Mark saw body parts flying through the air as I did a complete flip that did not land it. I did not stick the landing, okay? And let's just say I might be on a lot of ibuprofen right now. And the miracle you see before you of me walking is induced by modern medicine and Jesus right now. You're looking at a miracle, okay? But he came back and asked the question that every guy gets asked after a horrible crash. He said, are you good? And I said, I'm, I'm good, man. You know the answer, okay? I'm good. I'm good. I jumped up on that bike. I started, and that's when I realized, oh, the chain is gone, okay? <laughs> I need to, I cannot go. And so don't come back. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm good. I've got it. I, 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 I'm not sure if my wrist is working or my arm, but it's okay. I can ride with one hand. It's fine. It's totally fine. I'm not sure about how the pedals are working. I don't know if the bike's, but I'm good. Nobody wants to be desperate. I, you know, I, hey, hey, just friend, hey, just tell you, I'm, I'm going to this doctor's appointment. I wonder if you just pray. But listen, just keep it between us because I don't really want anybody to know. Hey, I, you know, I, I want you to pray, but I just want one person to pray and, and, and I just really want anybody to know. And listen, I'm not talking about being unwise, sharing results before they exist and, and, and spreading it out and making posts on social media. I'm not talking about stupidity here. I'm talking about desperation, where I'm willing for people to know exactly how desperate the situation is. I don't want anybody to know I lost my job. I'm good. I'm good. Okay then your goodness will figure a way out. But if you would just be willing to be desperate, then God's miraculous could move. Yes. If you were just willing to let the church pray the way God called the church to pray over you for the miraculous, then maybe, just maybe in your desperation that you'd be willing to let the whole world know if necessary that, listen, there's a need in my life and if this relationship doesn't get restored, I'm just telling you, I have blown it huge and I need your prayer. I wonder how much we would see the miraculous begin to move in our lives. Because Peter was desperate. He was desperate. He had fished all night. And here's the other thing. It didn't make any sense what Jesus was asking. Any fishermen in the room? Anybody just, because it's Alaska. Everybody's hand ought to be up. I mean, come on. Uh, I, I, I am horrible at fishing. I cannot catch anything. And here's how I know that. If you're a good fisherman and you take me along because you're going to prove to me, oh, you just haven't fished this way, I promise you, you will not catch anything and then afterwards, you will not invite me back, okay? Because it's happened to me many times. And so I've just stopped. I've just say, no, 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 it's okay. I, I needed to be here in Alaska last summer during the great salmon run where you're like just throwing hooks in the water and catching your limit in, in like minutes or something. It was crazy, amazing. Uh, and we heard the stories, and I just knew I couldn't go curse those people. Okay, I didn't want to show up at the river. Nobody would catch in. The, they would somehow stop jumping or something. I don't know what would happen. But 
Here's what Jesus said. Jesus, after fishing all night, guess what? The fish are not biting on the surface during the day. This is why they do what they do and they're the professionals, Jesus. Let's leave it to the pros. We're talking about generational business here, okay? Zebedee, James and John took over the business and then from his father, we're a few generations in, Simon and Andrew, his brothers, began, they are partners now and they're holding a generationally alive business and I love the way the chosen describes their desperation potentially where their business would be completely under if they don't have a fish caught that night and they caught nothing. Peter thinks it's over. Till Jesus says, go out to deep water. Okay, Jesus. First of all, I know you're new at this. <laughs> but I've been doing this for a while, okay? And you're gonna have to trust me that there's no fish biting right now. And first of all, and sec that's first of all. And second of all, we got nets. And you know what we need for nets? We need fish to come to the surface for the nets. And it's the middle of the day, so that's not happening. And you're telling us to go to deep water when we don't have the equipment, we don't have the right proper thing, it's not the proper setting, and Jesus is saying to you right now, do you need your logic to be able to obey? Because our logic gets in the way all the time, doesn't it? We need it to make sense. It doesn't make any sense. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what to tell you, but there's a catch. You gotta be willing, you gotta be desperate. Number three, you gotta be surrendered. You gotta be surrendered. Listen to this. Verse eight, Simon Peter saw this, this great catch. They caught such a large, let's back up, verse, uh, verse six. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that the nets began to break. Let me tell you, your logic is not needed with Jesus' movement. He doesn't need it to make sense to you. You know why? If I could make God make sense to you, that would make me God, and I'm not him and you're not him, so let me tell you, it's not going to make sense. So stop letting your logic get in the way of your faith. And here's the amazing thing. After this great catch of fish, after this great catch of fish, Simon Peter saw this and fell at his knees. Go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man, verse eight. For he and his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. Verse 10, so James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. See, I wonder all the time people think, well, I'm not a preacher. I'm not, that isn't me. I, 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 don't, I don't know that. That's not who I am. God's not looking to change who you are to, to do something you can't do. God's asking you to be willing to be just desperate enough for him to come into your life so you would be surrendered and when you do surrender to God, he's not looking to just take over some situation. He's looking over to change you and he doesn't need you to change occupations to change you for you to become a platform for his mission. Peter was a fisherman. That's who he is. 
Jesus is like, I'm not listening to change your job. I'm looking to change you, Peter. You're no longer Simon. Now you're Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You have no idea what you're about to see, what you're about to do. And here's what Peter, how Peter responded. And right now I'm asking for you to be your response. What did he do? What did Peter do after the, the greatest catch in the history of generational business, the greatest catch in their business history that saved them? It was the answer they were looking for. It was everything they needed right there. Finally, someone came through. Finally, God answered their prayer. And, and, and Peter and his partners are so astonished and they're so amazed that they get up and fall at Jesus' knees. And here's what they do next. They set up franchises all across Galilee. That's what I do. The biggest windfall in my history, I mean, I want to multiply that. So they pulled up their boats, verse 11, on shore, left everything and followed him. Right now in this moment, God's not asking you for something. And he's not asking, he's asking you, he's not asking you just about your request, about answering your prayer right now. He's wanting to change your life to make it a platform for his miraculous. But you've got to be willing. You've got to be desperate and you've got to be surrendered. And you know what's amazing? The fish that they caught that day wasn't even the point. Jesus just wanted to show them how he moves. <laughs> they just caught all this fish and the fish were not even the point. We pray like if God brought the healing, if God brought this miracle, if God brought this relationship back, if God gave me a better job, and then when he does it, we think that's the point. And if you think that's the point, then you miss the point because it's not about the fish, it's about your faith. It's about your faith growing. God didn't want to change your situation. He wanted to change you in your situation to grow your faith, to have daring faith, so you could finally see the miraculous involved in your life. I wonder if that's you right now. If you'd be willing to surrender and follow him. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes right now in a prayer with me? True North, we do this all the time here in this church that we just believe salvation is simple. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. They, that can be you. And the only catch is this. It's the ABCs <laughs> that you would be able uh, to, to be able to admit. You'd be able to admit that you're a sinner, that you can't get there on your own that you would believe in your heart is B, that you would believe, and C is that you would confess. You would say, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe that you died for me, that you were buried, that you rose again, and because you have new life, I can have new life. And you say, I've never prayed that prayer right now. This is your chance to do that right now. And you know, you don't even have to make it, there's no magic in a prayer, but you can repeat after me and make this your prayer which you'd be daring, you'd be willing, be desperate enough, and you'd be willing to surrender to say this prayer is your own. Dear Jesus, 
I admit my sin to you. I believe that you not only died for me, but you rose again. Would you forgive me of my sin? Come into my life and I confess that you are my savior. In Jesus' precious name. What a fantastic service. Be sure to stay in touch by following us on social media so you can stay up to date with all that is happening at True North Church.